and welcome. You're listening to Canberra's People Powered Radio, 2XXFM 98.3. The program is subject to ACT with me, Sophie Singh, bringing you stories of community and current affairs from our local city and beyond. Stories with a global dimension. Over the last three years, Subject ACT has followed the story of Priya and Nadez, Murraguppan, and their two little girls, Kopika and Tanika, as we've spoken with Angela Fredericks. Angela is at the forefront of the campaign to get the family back to Bilawila, and she has provided updates on the situation facing the Murraguppan family and shared her insights into the impact that this terrible experience has on the family and into the campaign to get them home. Priya and Nadez are Sri Lankan Tamils. They were not known to each other in Sri Lanka. They each travelled by boat to Australia to seek safety and met in Bilawila where their relationship started. The terrible circumstances that this family has found itself in in Australia started in 2018 when the family was seized in a dawn raid just the day after Priya's visa expired and they were taken hundreds of kilometres away to an immigration detention centre in Melbourne where they stayed locked up for a year, at which point the Morrison government attempted to deport them to Sri Lanka. With the family literally on the plane, it was only a last-minute court injunction that prevented their deportation. The government then sent them to a different immigration detention centre on Christmas Island where they were the only detainees guarded 24 hours a day by numerous guards and under constant surveillance. In June of this year, footage beamed around the country and indeed across the world focused on the plight of Priya, Nadez and their two kids. Angela Fredericks joins us to discuss the situation for this family and what's happening with the Home to Billow campaign. Before we hear from Angela, the poem you'll hear was written by a Billowheeler local. The poem was read at a local Canberra event in 2018 by two people who had recently moved to Canberra from Billowheeler. Hi everybody, we, Andrew and I, are proud to be here as representatives of the Biloela community today and together we would like to read a poem by Biloelan resident and close friend of the family, Marie Austin, called Aussies Look After Their Mates. You all know the story, it didn't take long for word to get around, of very special friends of mine taken from our hometown. Little Bilawila, we were making headlines in the news as this precious Tamil family, their freedom, they did lose. An early morning raid and from their home they were torn, Priya and Nadas and their little girls who are Australian born. Hardworking, warm and friendly, anyone could tell. This community-minded family had integrated well. They were not here in hiding and they didn't break the law. Mr Dutton, why after all these years can they stay no more? They worked and they participated, pitched in in every way. And there are lots of people who want to let them stay. Yes, we hear the chants of people whose minds are filled with fear. They're forming gangs, they're terrorists, and we don't want them here. They take all the things that we want and that we're entitled to, like our jobs and our welfare payments, just to name a few. To those of you who feel this way, this simply isn't true. You couldn't begin to imagine just what they've been through. I respect that we need policies to keep our borders secure, and I know not all who come here come with good intent, for sure. But you gave me the right to an opinion when you asked me to make refugees feel at home here in Australia, make them welcome, help them heal. 
from the traumas they've experienced in the countries that they've fled, why give them a taste of life here, then steal it from them instead? You allowed Priya and Nades to live in Billo for many a year. You allowed me to get to know them and build a friendship very dear. These people aren't just numbers. They didn't come to cause us strife. They are a mum, a dad, their daughters. They are a husband and a wife. They are co-workers, they are neighbours, and they are our friends, and it's time that their detainment is brought to an end. The way that they've been treated, it just leaves my heart to break. Just how much of this added trauma can one poor family take? Now over time, the days have passed. 10 months is far too long. It seems the large majority can see that this is wrong. We've signed petitions and we've rallied, made a constant plea because there are those in power who could put an end to this, you see. So if you haven't done so yet, there's something you can do. Please phone and write to David Coleman and your local member too. Ask for intervention to be generous and humane. In the interest of the public, grant our friends a visa and bring them home again. As many plan to celebrate Australia Day next week, two precious little Aussies are locked up as we speak. One is just a three-year-old, the other only one and they are being punished for something they haven't done. As other little children prepare to start preschool very soon, three-year-old Kopika will remain locked up in a room. Please, Minister, you truly know their future won't be bright. Just turn this situation round and make this wrong a right. Just like the cockatoo, please let them spread their wings and fly back home to Biloela. We want them here, that's why. Now, please don't think us Bilo folk are doing something great. We're just your everyday Aussies. And Aussies look after their mates. Welcome, Angela, and thanks for speaking with me for Subject ACT. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me, Sophie. It's been a while since we've spoken and a lot's happened uh, with Priya Nardes and the girls since then, uh, and the family's now in Perth. Many of our listeners will have an idea of what led to the family being moved from Christmas Island to Perth. But can you recap that sequence of events? Absolutely. So over on Christmas Island, both girls came down sick and little Kopika got better. However, Tarnika was just steadily getting worse. And, you know, unfortunately, the IMHS, which is the health service for those in detention, chose not to listen to Priya as she was asking for further assistance and antibiotics and it unfortunately led to Tarnika developing a blood infection and in which case she had to be flown to the mainland in order to find the source which turned out to be untreated pneumonia. So a horrendously terrifying experience there were points there when we were actually really scared we were going to lose little Tani. So absolutely thrilled that she is now 100% recovered from the pneumonia and just so grateful that we were able to get her to the mainland. Absolutely, and it must have been really terrifying uh, for the family. In the conversations that you were having with Priya and Nardis at the time, what were they telling you was going on and how were they possibly coping with that situation, particularly given that at the time that uh, Tanika was evacuated, only Priya was allowed to join her? Oh, it, it was a terrifying few days. You know, they, they'd phoned 
while Tarnika was getting high temps and telling me that all they were getting were fact sheets on, on the common cold and common virus. And hearing the helplessness of Priya as a parent who knew, as I've, I've been told by many, many parents, you know day three of a high temp, you get them to a hospital. So the fact that she couldn't get that help for her child and then poor Nadez, when they were up at the hospital and they were going to fly her out, Nadez just in tears, just, you know, wanting to be with his little girl and not knowing when they sent her over to the mainland, they did not know if she was going to pull through or what was going to happen. So just the sheer terror in his voice and just the absolute powerlessness and that's, that's what I think this whole situation, it's the right of parents. You know, they had no rights as parents to protect their children. So really they're uh, stripped of any control over their lives, in effect. Absolutely. And, you know, I think anyone who has a family member they love, not being able to just seek the proper guidance and attention is just so, you know, for any of us, it's criminal and it's neglect. Absolutely. And there is a real mindset, it seems, that's developed by the um, external providers, whether it's IHMS or Circo, but also Border Force, to not believe um, the people in detention and to dismiss and dismiss and dismiss. It must be just terrifying. Absolutely. And, you know, even in this case, when Priya was phoning IMHS, she was actually contacting someone in Sydney, you know, and then by the time things went through checks, it could be over an hour before something was actioned on the ground, as simple as giving Panadol. So, you know, just the whole system is, you know, it's so tied up in red tape that the actual care, which is what these services are meant to be about, is just not there at all. Angela, in Perth, what is the visa status for Priya Nardes and the girls? So Priya Nardes and little Kopika, the six-year-old, they are all on 12-month bridging visas. So big relief. We know that they are all safe here in Australia for another year. So that's until September next year. Little Tarnika, who's only four, she continues to be in community detention. So essentially because of that ruling, it essentially means the, the whole family are really under the conditions of community detention. They have to remain in the house that they've been put in. They have to have weekly phone calls with the department. You know, they can't spend the night somewhere else. They can't have people stay at the house without permission. You know, so it's, it's essentially that they are still all under those orders. However, you know, peace of mind for all of us is that they're not going to be deported in the next 12 months. Of course. And is having that uh, sense of safety, albeit a temporary sense, allowing the family some time to, to heal after what's been such a terrible experience for them? Absolutely. You know, Priya and Adez, since they've been in Perth, they were trying to create that normal life for their girls yet again. 
However, they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know when they were going to be ripped out. So having that security, you know, I, I know if they could pack their bags and come to Bilawila tomorrow, they would. However, having that security of knowing that there's no risk, that they're going to be picked up in a dawn raid, they're not going to be taken to a detention facility, that has definitely allowed them a breather and it's allowed them, you know, that certainty that they can, you know, they can really connect with people. You know, they've already made some amazing friends and, you know, for Nadez who started working again, it, it means that he's got that security of knowing that, yeah, he's, he's not going to be whisked away in the middle Absolutely. of the Absolutely. That would make a huge difference. And also just bringing back a little bit of control into their lives, even yes. though they still are under those restrictions that, that you mentioned. So under the bridging visa, obviously there's work entitlements. The girls are at school. Yeah, that's correct. So Little Kopika is in grade one and Tanika goes to kindy at one of the local schools there. And, yes, they, they do have those work rights and study rights. So, you know, the days as soon as that became clear, he was straight out finding work. You know, Priya's really keen to get into some study and especially develop her English, you know, something that all got put on the back burner for the past three years. That's great. And I think there's such a huge level of support for the family across Australia and just a, a sense of, some sense of relief that that immediate danger has been lifted and that there's some, some freedom that they're now being given, which is just wonderful. Has the government given any explanation to the family to justify not giving Tanika a bridging visa? I mean, it would seem a fairly cynical move to ensure that they are locked into staying in Perth and prevented from returning to Biloela, but has the government actually tried to justify that approach? So we've heard nothing directly. So, you know, with ministerial discretion, the minister does not have to give any of his reasons why he does or doesn't. Um, different rumours that have gotten back to us, things that the minister's office are trying to say is that by doing this it means that they have a house and by doing this it means that they get some financial support. And for us that's just a load of rubbish. You know, this family thrived in community for several years. You know, they rented their own house, they paid their own way, they paid their own expenses. We know for a fact that there is a job waiting here in Villa Villa for Nadez. We know they will rent their own house or if not in the meantime, there are so many of us with rooms that this family could move into. So it, it really is a cop-out and essentially what they are doing is, is they're keeping the family in a holding pattern and continuing to ensure that every week when they make that department phone call, they're well aware that they still aren't free. So it's just a reminder that actually the power is still held by the government for their fate. Absolutely. How do you understand the uh, concessions that the government has been forced to make at each step, but it's very much this sort of drip feed approach? On the one hand, it, it feels like they give a bit of ground hoping that that will ease the pressure enough to take the family off people's radars. Is that how you try and comprehend that drip feed approach that they're taking? Definitely. You know, I think we've 
seeing time and time again how much this government underestimates how much we are willing to do for our friends. You know, it, it has been through time and time again all the incredible supporters right across Australia who pick up the phone, who send those emails, write letters. And, you know, this has been going on for three and a half years. You know, people more than ever are feeling such an attachment to prayer in the des. I know now that they're in Perth, they have formed so many more bonds with community there, just as they did on Christmas Island, just as they did in Melbourne. So, you know, it, it is sort of backfiring, I believe, because, you know, our, our love for this family is just getting stronger and stronger and we're not going to rest until they're feature here in Villa Lilla. That's a really good point, actually. So those connections that they're making will build the campaign and, and like you say, uh, make it even more difficult for the government to try and deport this family, which is really what, what they've tried to do in the past and, and it would seem would be what their preferred outcome would be. Absolutely. You know, they do, they want us to forget. And, you know, I think we've, we've definitely demonstrated to them that it doesn't matter how far away you take them from Villa Villa, we're, we're going to always be witnessing and we're going to always be fighting. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to People Powered Radio, 2XXFM 98.3, and the program is Subject ACT. I'm Sophie Singh, and it's great to have your company. I'm speaking with Angela Fredericks about the campaign that she has helped to lead to have her friends, the Maraguppan family, out of immigration detention and back home to their community in Bilawila. Angela, I've heard um, that the minister, both uh, Minister Hawke and Minister uh, Karen Andrews, get thousands of phone calls and thousands of emails. Do you have a sense of the volume of approaches that are being made to those ministers? We, we certainly do. So through lots of our action pages, we, we do record how many people do make those calls if they do put the details on the system. And we know the last couple of weeks there have been hundreds, you know, hundreds of calls to different MPs and to the minister and we're constantly getting people reaching out and, and reporting to us this, this is what we've been told, you know, this minister has said this is what they're doing. So we know that it, it really never quietens down. There are amazing groups and there are amazing individuals who I know every week they're sending something or making a call. So the pressure is definitely, it's, it's growing and it's the support system is just growing phenomenally. And one of the things that the campaign has been really effective in doing is uh, getting media coverage and the Australian story on the ABC was a really wonderful story. Uh, again, just humanising more and more the family, which I think is so critical. I imagine with each media story you get some hostile comments. Are you seeing that that's less or that it's changing? Are you seeing any sort of shift in that regard? Oh, look, it's it's really interesting because whenever there is a big media storm in a sense, yeah, you know, there is always the good with the bad. However, what we've been overwhelmingly seeing is that with each new story that comes up, 
you know, we don't even need to ask people to, you know, hop on those pages. You, you go on and you see the support that is being written under those things. And of course, there's always going to be the trolls and the people that don't agree. However, it is getting fewer and fewer. And what really encourages me is the, the things that people are putting out there against us are things that we well and truly have proven is false information. So that's that's very comforting for us. And the other incredible thing since Australian Story went to air, we've had 12,000 more signatures on our petition. So just seeing each time these families in the spotlight, more and more people actually get on board. That's really encouraging. And, Andrew, you sound, you sound really hopeful, actually, which is just wonderful. I imagine there would be a huge celebration and not just in Biloela uh, for when the family comes home. Oh, look, the hope, you know, the hope has been alive from the get-go. There have definitely been some spots where it's hard to find. However, you know, last week when I got the phone call from Priya saying we've got 12 months, you know, just the, the joy. And that's why we're doing this, you know, this, this isn't about, us it isn't about you know making a point or anything like that it's about keeping our friends safe and so you know the fact we've sustained this for so long I firmly believe Priya and Nadez they are meant to live in Villa Villa this is their home this is where their hearts are and those two little girls are destined to grow up here so without a doubt they will be home here and I've already let Priya know she has a lot of curries to cook. I've I've promised curries to a lot of people. So, you know, I think, you know, we we joke and we laugh about how if we have every supporter over for dinner, that will see us through to the rest of our life. So, so, you know, there's so much love that has come out of this. Just a really supportive community, which is lovely. What is it that you're still urging people to do uh, in support of the family and in support of the campaign? So we need to get Tarnika a visa. So our ask at the moment is continue to highlight to your local MP as well as to the Minister for Immigration, Alex Hall, highlight how absurd it is that we have got a four-year-old in community detention and keep putting that pressure on them. They are listening. Put that pressure there to say that, For once and for all, we want all this family to be able to return to their home here in Queensland. Angela, thank you so much for speaking with me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Sophie. Out back Biloela on a peaceful starlit night An urgent knocking jolt a family to fright No time to run and hide And I ask you how you'd feel if they were coming for you that day. We don't want to fight, we just want peace. To sleep at night, to sleep at night.
in a cage Innocent of any wrong At such a young age We've tried this trick before And the damage is plain to see How does logging kids in prison Make Australia young and The voices you've just heard are those of Kopika and Tarnika, just being kids. The song, To Sleep at Night, the Billow song, was written by Perth musician Joe Leach. And before that, we heard from Home to Billow campaign lead Angela Fredericks. You can read more about the campaign to have the Maraguppan family freed and back home in Billawheela at the Home to Billow website. Stay listening to People Powered Radio, 2XX FM 98.3 for more great programming. I'm Sophie Singh. Thanks for tuning in and have a great rest of your week. Music.